with Aaron, Polly, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And I am Andrew. It is important, I think, for our listeners to know that at some point during tonight's uh, recording, (laughs) Andrew will have to step away to retrieve his pizza. That is correct. Uh, (laughs) I I think that... I think for, I, I, we are all about transparency here at Funny Books with Aaron and Polly and that guy, Andrew. And uh, I think it's important that, you know, when when you note that Andrew is not responsive, it's not just because he doesn't have anything interesting to say or that he hasn't read a comic book this week. It is entirely likely that he has stepped away to go get his pizza. I will say that second uh, reason you just gave is also a very valid reason <laughs> why I might not say things at times during the tonight's podcast. Because uh, I am still uh, comicsology free, uh, and for the most part, I'm loving it. Although there is one book we're talking about this week where I, I heard you mention, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that came out. I should have gone by an actual comic book store to get it. You're missing out on some good stuff. We, you know, we've gotten used to the comicsology bullshit. Yeah, see, I mean, I've heard that from other people in other situations. I refuse to go down that path. Uh, Look, I've, it's I've just, just a leech. It's just a It's just a leech bleeding me in my evil humors. Uh, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> oh, it's just tree panning to help you with your urges. It's no big deal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like when you fall in love with your kidnapper. What do they call that? Uh, that's Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, it's just, it's Stockholm I almost Syndrome. said Munchausen by proxy, but that's, different. <laughs> that's slightly yeah, different. You almost said Donner Party. <laughs> We're just going to throw out random shit. Oh, my God. So, well, uh, yeah. No, I'm still comics LG free and loving it. Nah, you're missing out on some good comics. You are I, missing out on some good comics. I don't disagree with you. But, you know, we are recording this um, the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, I put Thanksgiving as the first item on our agenda topic or, or our, on our on our list to talk about. But I did not want to talk about the holiday. I wanted to talk about the upcoming movie Thanksgiving. There's a movie Thanksgiving. <laughs> I have not heard of this. I, I did. I'm, so have you seen the movie Grindhouse? I, I've uh, not seen it, but I'm familiar with it. I've seen wow. it once a long time ago. Okay, so Grindhouse, years back, was a movie by um, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Right. Correct. And so they basically felt, you know, did a double. It was it's, it was called Grindhouse. It was released as one movie, but it was really two, like, short movies with fake trailers in between the movies. So, you know, I think Robert Rodriguez had, like, a zombie movie. There were some fake trailers. Quentin Tarantino had Death Proof, which features, like, half the cast of Ahsoka, um, but when they were younger. But in those in-between trailers, they had a trailer directed by, like, um, the guy who did Shaun of the Dead, whose name is Edgar Wright. They had a Rob Zombie trailer, and they had an Evil Eye Roth trailer. And it was a horror movie called Thanksgiving. And these were all fake trailers for movies that did not exist. Now, these many years later, Eli Roth is actually making a Thanksgiving horror movie for the holiday season. And I am very excited to see it. For the holiday season. For the holiday season. Eli Roth, director of Hostel, brings you the feel-good movie Thanksgiving, coming this Friday. And I'm Mm. looking forward to seeing it. And it features People's Sexiest Man Alive, Patrick Dempsey, as the lead character. (laughs) Well, now you got me. I'm in now. Now now you can bring your wives. That's right. Reagan's (laughs) going to drag me to this thing. So what's the general... Because I do not remember this fake trailer in between the the double feature. What's the general... I mean, is it just slasher? Is it psychological horror? Is it body it's a, horror? It's Eli Roth. It's a slasher. After okay. a Black Friday riot ends in a tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, oh. the birthplace of the infamous holiday. 
I did see I did see a trailer for that with the uh, they're they're all wearing the mask like the pilgrim mask. Yeah, like the pilgrim mask. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I did see mm-hmm. a trailer for that. Okay, uh, I, I was not intrigued. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm you know I th- I thought there would be more conversation here because I thought more people would have seen Grindhouse. Well, I didn't I realize I, I would be alone in that. It was like 15 was, years ago. Paul. It has an impact on me. Was was Death Proof with uh, Kurt Russell? Yeah, Death Proof was the second okay. movie with Kurt Russell. I, I saw, I, I did see Grindhouse. I don't remember the the zombie part of it, nor do I remember the trailers, but I remember Death Proof. <laughs> well, Death Proof was released separately. I will say that. So when it, they okay. came out on DVD, they came out together and separate. So you, you mm. know, so even, like when they showed them on TV, sometimes they they will literally just show Death Proof. I think I may have just seen Death Proof because I don't remember the rest of it. Because Planet Terror one? was pretty good. That's it. Yeah, Planet yeah. Terror. With uh, that was the one where Rose McGowan had the. The, the oh yeah, with the, the machine gun. Like, I saw that too. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Well, so you have seen Grindhouse. It just I didn't. It didn't leave an impression. No. I mean, Death Proof <laughs> did. I I, I kind of like Death Proof, but. Uh, and well, I'm going to report back on Thanksgiving, there. whether you like it or not. You know, speaking of horror or thriller <laughs> or what have you, I I rewatched uh, The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss this weekend. Oh yeah, that's a good flick. You know, I when I saw it, I saw it, I watched it during COVID mm. and. You know, was I, I thought the movie was very effective. It was a, a very tense thriller. Yeah. I won't call it a horror movie, even though there are horrific elements to it. But, you know, it is a it is a very tense thriller. And I, I after having seen it, I was like, you know, I really like that. I don't know how it will rewatch, you know, because I was like, how how effective are those scares going to be in a second viewing? And I got to tell you, I watched it this weekend and I was on the edge of my seat, even though I know how that movie's going to end. Yeah, it is shot so well. And the, the scene s- in the house with the paint where she's. Yes. In the attic and she, that yes. Is, that is going to go down in history as yeah. you know, one of the best jump scares of That's all time. That's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and just, you know, when you realize at the beginning of the film that those long shots from across the room. Are oh, yeah. Watching her. Mm-hmm. You're just like, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, you probably get a different appreciation you for do. it now with the inside knowledge yeah. for, on repeat viewings. Yeah, it's how creepy it is from the get go. You know, it's just, it is a really good movie. I thought I thought it rewatched really well. Well, Aaron, you know, I, I, it's not on the list. I'm, I'm going off topic here. Ah, um, but you brought yeah. it out. You brought it out of me. You know, this is what, what we do. We had a whole conversation, Paul, about, about being outline compliant. Yeah, you guys had a conversation about being out, <laughs> outline compliant. Paul is just a rebel. You're on fire. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I um I the other night I, I asked Jen. I'm like, hey, you know, we're getting into the holiday season. You know, we, we 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 tend to like watching things like Holiday Wars and Holiday Baking Championship on on Food Network and stuff like that. And that fills up a lot of our our TV quota for the next two months, especially now that, like, there's no Yellowstone or any like real television shows that we would normally watch on. So we watch a lot of those baking shows and holiday themed stuff. But we had a few, you know, we had some some time. I think it was Saturday night. I'm like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? I'm like, or do you want to watch some other, you know, something more lighthearted? I said, you know, we can watch like a more lighthearted movie, or we could watch like the ex, the new Exorcist movie. And I, I put out the new Exorcist movie, and much to my surprise, she chose that one. Wow. Um, and the Exorcist Believer, um, is available to you know to rent or purchase. It's it's on demand. It's not like free 
um, yet on Peacock or anything like that. But but she chose Exorcist Believer because, you know, she went to Halloween Horror Nights. They had a haunted house based on the Exorcist movies. And so we, we, we thought we'd give it a shot. And I will tell you guys, you know, as a fan of the original Exorcist movie, one of the, the scariest movies I've ever seen, and of the Exorcist TV show, which we had a whole episode of this yeah. podcast <clears throat> talking about, the Exorcist Believer is trash. <laughs> it is so so not interesting uh, and i should have known it's by the same people who directed the more recent halloween movies that i didn't care for either but I, yeah. you know it, I, I i had i had hope there are movies that should never have a sequel and yeah. i mean exorcist front and center because you know number one the first movie is just a perfect movie right and everything else of it has everything that has followed it other than the TV show uh, that Paul was talking about is just trash. It's just yeah. garbage. Uh, I did not I, mind Exorcist three on repeat viewing. I certainly didn't like it originally, um, yeah. but on repeat viewing, that one holds up pretty well, but the yeah, TV show was excellent. And the Exorcist it, was made in what? 1973, 1974, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, that movie still scares the living fuck out of me. Yeah. I, I mean, I having talked about it just now, I'm going to have bad dreams tonight. <laughs> I'm just saying there, there are, there are cut scenes in that film that just are burned into my brain. Oh yeah. You know, there's the, there's the blackface image of Pazuzu that is just intercut, you know, mm-hmm. that, I mean, it still just bugs me. And by the way, Andrew has stepped away for his pizza. No, he's Justin. back now. He's back from his pizza. Oh no, he's no, no he stepped away because yeah. we're talking about the exorcist. He went, he got the pizza from the front door. Now uh, he left it to actually eat the pizza. Well, and yet he 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 had to leave to go get his copy of the Roman ritual, so that <laughs> uh, you know you, the next thing you'll hear is Andrew shouting, "The power of Christ compels you." Yeah, he's about to exercise this podcast. <laughs> but I should have known. I should have known because they got the director of, like I said, the, the most recent Halloween movies. But he's also the director of Pineapple Express. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and of course, also executive produced by Danny McBride of Pineapple Express and and Righteous Gemstones and Eastbound and Down and all those. So, you know, the pedigree wasn't there for it, but I was hopeful. I was really hopeful that uh, that that despite what every single review on the planet said, I would find something redeemable in it. But I, I did not. So I can't recommend that one. That's, you know, probably, uh, you know, much the same response that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be about Marvels, right? Because, you know, everybody's saying terrible things, but we'll yeah. find no, out. No, negative. We're going to wait and bury the lead on that one a little bit, because right. before we talk about the Marvels right. and how Andrew's the only one in the podcast who has seen it, <laughs> um, he doesn't read comics, people, but he'll see that comic book movie. Um but before we get to that, let's talk about Rebel Moon, because as of the time we record this, I think a new trailer came out. Was it yesterday or today? Something like that. It came that? out today. The, today. The, te- the, the pimping for the trailer came out yesterday. That's what it the was. The trailer itself came out today. And I got to tell you, it looks hot. I, uh, and I think looks, we all knew that it would, because yeah. Zack Snyder is a very visual director. Um, Zack Snyder, right? Yes. Yeah, a very visual director. I mean, everything he directs looks great. You might not like the story, but, you know, he has got such an eye for action. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think it looks great. And this was, of course, if if I'm remembering correctly, this was his originally pitch to Disney for a Star Wars film. Yeah. And they said, "Ah, no, thank you. And so he went over to Netflix and made his own thing. 
And, you know, I'm kind of glad he did because we don't have enough of your own thing out there anymore. You know, uh, there, there are so many uh, franchise elements out there in the world that are taking up screen space. I'm excited to see something fresh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm looking forward to the series. Um, and like you said, he's not bound. And also when you're doing your own thing, you're not necessarily bound by the canon and the back issues. And you don't have to worry about fanboys being like, no, that's not correct. Because in a book that was published in 1986, it said this about this. And you know, <laughs> there's no when, outrage when, about when a couple of 40 year olds on a, you know, people in their 40s and 50s on a podcast will bitch about how you're not, you know, not holding true to canon. That's correct. right. That's right. So I know I, I I think it's great that he's doing those things. I much like you. I wish there was more. I, I'm not sure why we're making a Beetlejuice two for God's sake. Um, why? <laughs> why? 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 Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. Uh, the new series, the trailer looked good. I'm I'm in yeah. for it. Well, I yeah. think it's a two part. And what it looks like, I think. Well, I, I don't know if it's said in this trailer or if it's said in, or if I read it's, it. Part one, part one and part two is not long behind. I think it's, no. I don't know if the strikes have impacted the release of, of part two, um, but I think it's only a few months behind, which will be nice. Well, uh, what I find hilarious is I got rid of Netflix because there wasn't anything worth watching <laughs> on Netflix. And now I'm watching all I'm seeing all of these things popping, like coming to Netflix, like, God dang it. Yeah. These last few weeks, they've been really investing in, um, you know, they had like their Netflix geeked event or whatever. Yeah. So there's like a ton of content coming to netflix over these next few years that they've been pipping over these last few weeks yeah so i guess i'll be getting netflix so i can watch that rebel moon Uh, you have to we we have to discuss rebel moon we have to have a dedicated podcast to talk about rebel moon rebel moon with aaron and paulie that's right Rebel moon with aaron and paulie and we might even talk about scott pilgrim takes off the new cartoon there's a new cartoon yeah, there is a new cartoon featuring on Netflix coming November 17th featuring oh, all of God. the same cast from the movie um, oh, and so an animated good. show done in the style of the, the comic books, uh, oh. but featuring the movie cast as the voices. All of them, like Brie Larson and Chris uh-huh. Evans and Brandon Routh and, and Aubrey and Plaza, Anna mm-hmm. Kendrick, uh, uh, Kieran Culkin. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that comes out November 17th. So, yeah, Netflix has really been the really, really firing on all cylinders for for their upcoming content uh, now well, they're also exactly. increasing the price accordingly right, Isn't right. It, i mean we're at like 17 dollars or some nonsense now well i did right. cancel my hulu subscription the other day so i'm hulu free now Ooh. i can't be unfortunately can't jen jen's too right. invested in rewatching episodes of wings and will and grace <laughs> for me to ever <laughs> be able to cancel you know it'd hulu. be cheaper to go and just buy that digitally <laughs> correct that's what no, i mean it gives you the option to just pop it like she oh buy it digital oh fair point yeah yeah, yeah. I think about that. I have to, I, I have to see if the, the, I have to do a, a cost, uh, cost effectiveness uh, analysis. <laughs> cost benefit there. analysis. Cost yeah. benefit analysis. A little CBA there. Yeah. Hey, did you guys seeing of this Netflix thing? Did you see that um, Code Eight Part Two? That looks good. It's coming out as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to get that. I I never saw the first one. Oh, you didn't. It was good. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I like Stephen Amell. I mean, I at least yeah. I used to. It seems like he's not doing so well. It was it was lately. not at all what I expected. Uh, I but I was very entertained by Code Eight. Me too. Uh, so. it, it was you know it's not high cinema, but it was a lot yeah. of fun. Had good yeah. acting in it. Had both the ML boys. So really, yeah, you know, can't yeah. beat it with a stick. That's right. Well, I will watch that. I right thankfully right now I'm I'm six episodes in on the Fall of the House of Usher. 
I, you know, I started watching the first episode and I was like, oh, this is going to require me to pay a lot more attention than I'm prepared yeah. to. And so I put it aside and I haven't come back. But all I've heard is good stuff about it, Usher. It is excellent. It, it, yeah. it is for me. It very much is like succession meets final destination is basically how this show feels to me. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. This is Fall of Usher, as in Edgar Allan Poe's Fall yeah. of the House of Usher. Yeah, but it's yeah. um, so it's but, it's the new show from Mike Flanagan, the guy who yeah. the, like House on Haunted Hill or no Haunting of Hill House and mm-hmm. uh, Midnight Mass and shows like that. And it's it's a modern day and there's a whole uh, story, but it, there's a lot of references to Poe throughout it. So even though it's called Fall of the House of Usher, yeah. um, it's you know kind of inspiration from multiple Poe stories, and it's really good. Got it. Okay, no, I, I I think my brother was talking about it the other day when he was in town, but I've not. It, where is it streaming? That one's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's a Netflix too. Yeah. So Aaron has not seen it. No, I've seen, I, I, I saw the first part of the first episode before I killed Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when you come back, well, look, <laughs> wait. I have two more episodes to go. If it sticks to landing, I will continue to recommend it. Okay. If it ends shitty, I'll be like, don't waste the first seven hours of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Andrew. Yes, sir. I think we've 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 waited long enough. We're here now for the Andrew review of I, the Marvels. I, I cannot, feel bad because uh-huh. I I told Andrew I was going to go see it on yeah, Saturday or Sunday. Did. I did. I mean, I, I was I, I was out there, and, and when I said those words, I meant them. But and then, then I, and then I got I got busy. Yeah, busy. <laughs> and then he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, eh. now keep in mind, he was going to see the movie Saturday. Uh-huh. No, we're recording I, this on Monday. Because it was I was revealed see it Saturday morning. Yeah. Two minutes before the podcast. <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie. <laughs> it's a little bit of a bait and switch to get me on, I think. It's like, hey, let's bit. talk about the Marvels. I'm like, all we'll right, bet. great, fantastic. And then Aaron gets like, oh, I haven't seen it, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, Andrew, talk to us. You know, okay. I follow Kelly Sue DeConnick online. And, and of course, on Wednesday, Thursday, she was sending out all of this advanced press saying, you know, how good the movie is, yada, yada. And of course, I understand, you know, she she has a uh, a uh, biased opinion being a Captain Marvel uh, creator at one point. Um, and then I saw a ton of negative press about it. And over the weekend, we saw that the the box office had opened like forty seven million, I think. Uh, uh, domestically, yes. And which was way below what uh, uh, Marvel was hoping for and what they have done previously. So, Aaron, Andrew, tell you know us how, the truth of the matter. You know how a couple weeks ago we were, we, we were talking about the MCU and how maybe there's over expectations uh, for oh, yeah. every every Marvel movie to make half a half a billion dollars. Uh, but In the because, opening weekend. Well, no, but just because it doesn't make a half billion dollars doesn't mean it's not going to be financially profitable. So, I mean, the opening weekend internationally made one hundred nine million dollars. The production budget was reportedly two hundred twenty million dollars. So we're three days in. Uh, You know, it's hard to tell right now if it's going to have legs, how much it's going to drop in the second weekend. But I I have encouragement. I, I feel after having seen it, I feel as if it's going to do well. On Rotten Tomatoes right now, the audience score is 84%. A lot of those bad reviews you saw would account for the 62% score for re, um, uh, what, critics. I guess that would be the right word to say. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's a fantastic movie. Now, there are going to be some things that are going to upset some people. It's not a movie for everyone. But did, did you guys both enjoy uh, the Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel uh, Disney series? I did not like the first episode. Yes. But I loved every episode after that. 
Paul? I did not see it. Oh, okay then. So you just hate Miss Marvel. Understood. Well, okay. Uh, so here, so here's where I'm. Here's where I'm at. Okay. Oh, oh I, God. You know, Paul's gonna hit us with his cisgendered opinion. No, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think this actually has anything to do with because I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Brie Larson, so I'm not gonna hate on Brie Larson. Right. Uh, she was in 21 Jump Street, so whatever she does for the rest of her in her life, she's no, good. She, no, she's Paul. Got the, <laughs> the way to say that is she was in Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, so everything else she does is fine for the rest also of her life. Also that, correct, yes, correct. Right. Uh huh. Um, but. I think about, you know, and we talked a little bit about this, like the just so much content as it relates to Marvel and Star Wars and things like that. And there's now for me, it's almost like there's so much Marvel content that I can treat it almost the same way as comic books. And, And what I mean by that is if a comic book came out featuring those three characters as the lead of the comic book, I wouldn't be interested. I, you know, so it's it's so kind of the same way as the TV show. You know, the, the Miss Marvel TV show, I didn't watch it because I'm like, well, like, unless someone tells me I have to because it plays into a larger storyline, like, you know, the the Infinity Saga, I'm good. You know, I don't need to read it because I'm not going to lose much by not reading it. In the same way, if I weren't reading a specific comic book in the Marvel Universe, I'm not going to lose much unless it plays into a larger storyline. So well, that's... I- that's how I feel about these things. I will now. say this. Miss Marvel, the, the series, does play into a larger storyline, but that storyline takes place in the Marvel, so you're probably safe. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now, if you're going to watch, go watch the Marvels, it is, you know, we've I'm talked sure about it. Helps. About, yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it certainly helps. To, uh, much like having watched the, the Wanda, WandaVision really helped with Multiverse of Madness, having seen the Marvels would be very uh, helpful before watching the Marvels. Because, uh, you know, some of the key things that happen with their character play a big role. But, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Brie Larson, as we just mentioned, I like her. She plays her Captain Marvel traditionally is a little bit flat, a little bit mm-hmm. stern, a little bit held back emotionally. But when you put her on the screen with uh, I'm in Villani, which is the exact opposite, she's exuberant, outgoing, bubbly, bouncy. Uh, so the two of them, you know, play off well off each other. And then, uh, Tiona Paris, you know, as, as another Captain Marvel or Photon or Spectrum or as she likes to go, uh, as she likes to go in the movie, Captain Rambo is her preferred name. Uh, I thought it was great. They had good chemistry. Uh, it's no, no, no spoilers to tell you that their powers become entangled. So they start doing the whole, you know, when they use their powers, they start switching places between the three of them. Mm. Uh, which leads to some nice comedic moments earlier in the movie. Uh, there, you know, plays into if you ever ask the question of what happened with Captain Marvel off after she flew off to go deal with the Kree Empire, uh, you find out uh, what happened after she flew off to deal with the Kree Empire uh, in this movie uh, and, and where she was kind of in the time between the end of the, you know, Captain Marvel movie, uh, you know, I guess set in the 80s, I guess that'd be the right timeline, and when she kind of returns to Earth later on. So uh, for um, uh, after the blip. So uh, it was great. Uh, the effects were good. Uh, the fl- if you like Flargan, Goose, the fl- Flargan, you know, the crazy cat alien. Yeah. Lurkin, uh, Flark, yeah. Who knows? Flarkin. Uh, if you're a fan of it, Goose shows up in this. Merkin. Uh, Merkin. No, no. <laughs> it can't be Merkin. Google that one, kids. Yeah, that's no, no. <laughs> Paul is not your friend, kids. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I think the audience report uh, reviews are good. The, the uh, people I went to go see it with enjoyed it. Uh, uh, so you know, I think a part of it is just the the critics like to be critical. Well, uh, and I do think that 
the the message was in the air about you know it's too much Marvel content. And there, is, so, there is some of that. And so let's go ahead and bag on the Marvels, the new Marvel movie coming out. Uh, and I do think that a lot of of critics came out loaded with. Oh yeah, there's too much Marvel crap out there, and this is just just another example of how there's too much Marvel. Uh, you I, know, Marvel's past its prime, yada yada. I think that's a good point. Uh, it, it, but I think a lot of that that bloat comes from the TV series, right? For the Disney uh-huh. Plus series, yeah, absolutely. The movies. Yeah. I, if it was just the movies, frankly, I probably wouldn't. You know, I, I'd be fine. I probably would still be on my trend other than the fact that I never saw Eternals of seeing every Marvel movie. But yeah, I think the TV content is where like it's, it's, it be, it almost felt like too much for me to keep up on. So I just didn't. And Uh, and that kind of leads you though, for people like yourself and others like you, that kind of leads you once you don't see captain, the, the Miss Marvel TV series, then the, then the Marvels comes out. You're like, ah, I don't know if I really want to see it. I didn't watch Miss Marvel. uh Maybe that plays it. And you're more likely to stay home from the movie. Right. Well, and I was concerned about Nick, about the Nick Fury show. Cause I never finished Nick Fury because. Oh, secret invasion. That's right. Because how I hated that. Right. Um, but, you know, apparently that leads into Ms. Marvel or the Marvels. Uh, did, were, did you watch Nick Fury? And yeah, no, I did not. I did okay. not watch Secret Invasion. And yes, I, based on my comic book knowledge, I'm sure it has something to do with the scrolls and Earth and being refugees. And, and there is some of that. You don't need to have watched that. Good. I didn't feel like I was Good. missing out for having not watched the series uh, based on my comic book knowledge. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe maybe in Secret Invasion, they go into the creation of Saber, which, you know, when you start the movie, Saber's there. They got their giant floating space station. Uh, they got a functional, you know, jump point space, you know, human spacecraft going off. Um, but but no, I didn't feel like I was missing out anything in the storyline by not having seen cool. Secret Invasion. Well, I want to see it. Uh, you know, well, I I really enjoyed Captain Marvel, and uh, I, I'm I'm uh, I am encouraged by your review, Andrew. Well, and just to point out, there's only been three MCU movies in 2023. Only three. So it's not that. Yeah, it's not. But it's, the it's, first two weren't. For, well, no, Guardians was good. I keep. Guardians I got to remind good. myself that Guardians. I I did like Guardians. Um, and, I, and there what, were parts I liked about Quantum Mania. There are things I didn't like about. Quantum I like Quantum Mania. I thought it was cute, but I will see Marvels. I will say I I will actually see, unlike Eternals, (laughs) at some point, (laughs) I I will actually see the Marvels, but I will probably wait till Disney Plus, which is, but I, you know, I was just looking at my phone, you know, even though we're podcasting, um, because Aquaman (laughs) 2 comes out next month, December 22nd, and I will actually see that in the theaters. Yeah, that was one of the trailers that we saw. I saw in front of Cat at the Marvels last night, and uh, yeah. yeah, it looked good. The trailers for Aquaman looked good. Now it comes uh, out the same day as the new movie about Ferrari that's directed by Michael Mann. Oh, so I don't know Ford which one I'm going to see. I think it's just no, called. I think this one's Ferrari. just called Ferrari. Yeah. Is um, it in the same line as Ford versus Ferrari, or is no, this a completely a, different Ferrari film? It, it is about Ferrari himself. It, it's not. Yeah, because the, the other one does. You know, is is about a specific race well about the car yeah this is about the man ferrari it features andrew driver or excuse me adam driver adam oh, driver. Yeah. Yeah. adam um playing ferrari and it's directed by michael mann who you know director of heat and and many other good movies as well so i'm so that comes up the same day. now which one will i see first that or aquaman aquaman <laughs> probably aquaman <laughs> so and i will say this for the marvels if you've gotten tired of you know two and a half hour marvel movies this one clocks in at an hour 45 Oh, nice. 
So you do nice. not get you do not have, you know, have the the horrible bladder pressure. You don't have to run out uh, halfway through and miss something. Uh, oh, it, you still it's have a very... that. Once, once you hit a certain age, you still have that regardless. <laughs> I can make it an hour 45. I can make it an hour 45. <laughs> yeah, you just got to go before the movie. That's right. right before the movie. That's like um, right before. <laughs> well, and I hear, Andrew, and you can probably confirm there is a mid credit sequence, but not an end of the credit sequence. So you don't need to wait the entire time. So I will say, yes, there is a very important mid credit sequence. Absolutely. I'm not going to spoil it here since uh, 66% of you have not seen it. But, yeah, there is a huge mid credits uh, uh, scene that you may have already been spoiled on. It's on. Yeah, F- I've already been spoiled yeah. on it, but I'm sure Aaron hasn't. But at the end, there is kind of sort of it's not a scene because we were, we were sitting waiting for the end credits scene. And there's not one, but there is a sound effect uh, as it rolls. There's a certain certain sequence of sounds that you recognize and you're like. I just thought nothing of it. I just thought it was a funny thing. It, it was the sound of a of a of a flurkin spitting up something, right? Uh, and as we were, I just thought it was you know a humorous thing to put the end. But we're rocking out. My friend was like, "What do you think it's spit up that they didn't show us?" And I was like, "Huh, thought provoking." <laughs> I I don't know, but not I was had never even thought of that. But now now I'm kind of curious. What what did it like? Why? <laughs> Why did they put that sound effect right Why there at the very the end? Why did the Merkin spit up? No, flip. <laughs> Google that one, kids. Stop it. <laughs> We're going to get so many letters. <laughs> Good. I like that. <laughs> Viewer interaction. I like it. Aaron, what's the number they can leave their messages at? <laughs> we don't have one. Okay. Not anymore. All right. Uh, but, you know... Um, we're going to talk about nothing but Marvel comic books today. Also, um, you know, I think DC, I, the only read one, well, I didn't even read it. I purchased one DC book, but I just haven't had a chance to read it yet, which is the new Batman um, issue. But Marvel had three number ones this week. Well, at least we, we bought three number ones. We meaning Aaron and I, because as we know, Andrew is now Andrew's just eating his pizza because he knows he doesn't need to be engaged for the rest of the podcast. That is correct. Well, and, and let's take an important pizza break. What's on that pizza, Andrew? Half half sausage, half pepperoni. Why? So you literally Why? like half on one side is pepperoni and Correct. half on the other side is, is sausage? Correct. I don't know Ooh. if that's the and you're I would have done half your sausage own, and pepperoni and half cheese. That's what your kid's done. away at school. Your your wife is out of town. Um, what? I don't get <laughs> So here's the thing, uh, you know, growing up for most of my life, I've always been a huge pepperoni pizza fan. Uh, but as I've gotten older, the amount of grease you get from the pepperoni has become too much for me. So I get half sausage, which has less grease. And I get half that's just swimming in pepperoni grease. And I can kind of alternate back and forth. My my, oh my, my I'm happier the next day. Uh-huh. I feel like you're I feel like the problem isn't so much the pepperoni as it is the Papa John's. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but, you know, <laughs> if you look at the delivery places I'll deliver here, it's either that or Domino's, and I will go Oof. Papa John's yeah. over Domino's. Yeah, that's the lesser of two evils yeah, there, for agreed. sure. Correct. You should have just gotten the shakaroni. That's Papa John's, right? <laughs> I, did, I did see it. <laughs> They're, like, extra large. Like, I don't need that much food tonight. But go on. Tell me. Regale me with stories about Marvel Con. Well, Thanos, number one, the new Thanos book from um, – Christopher Cantwell, writer Christopher Cantwell, um, who we have enjoyed um, a, a decent amount of his stuff on in the past. He's done runs on Iron Man and a couple of other books from Marvel recently. We've enjoyed. He's he's doing this mini series about Thanos, art by Luca Pizzati, who I'm not familiar with. Can I say uh, that I that there is a bait and switch here? Oh yeah, because when I read the the promo for the book, it was Christopher Cantwell writes Thanos, Laniel Francis Yu draws Thanos. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. 
I loves me some Lanille Francis U. Uh, he does, he does for, the cover. Fortunately, I really liked uh, Luca Pizzari. I did too. Uh, I thought this artwork was great. Uh, I really enjoy, even though it's not the Thanos story you're expecting, uh, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I very much like the, the visual storytelling in addition to the textual narrative. Yeah. So the story, you know, so speaking of bait and switch, Thanos doesn't appear until page nine, digital page 19. Right. Of the book. Until then, you are focused on um, a female character. Um, I don't think she's a waitress. I don't. She works she in a lab. Yeah, she works in a lab. Yeah. Um, Roberta. Roberta, who works in a lab, she's very goth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Thanos comes to Earth and basically kidnaps her entire city. Like, takes a laser, you know, zaps a, a circle around it, uses some type of gravity beam, rips that that whole city right up into the sky um, and is looking for her. Um, and the Avengers show up. To basically, you know, yeah, to, to as as the Avengers show up, basically, we're is when we we hit the cliffhanger, and I feel, Aaron, that it's very obvious what we're reading here. I feel like the, the I should let me clarify, not the Avengers, the, the Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah, I feel like the Illuminati have mind wiped Death and yeah. placed her in a normal life yeah. here on Earth, and Thanos has. I'm looking yeah, for her. that's how I read it as well. That that Roberta, the goth lab assistant, mm-hmm. uh, is very much a uh, you know is very much the embodiment of death. Mm-hmm. And I you know what I liked about her is that she's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> she's helping people throughout the book. There's this crisis going on, and she's rescuing people. Um, I also, Paul, I don't know if you had this reaction, but I had a grin from ear to ear when Thanos's uh, traditional Jim Starlin era ship shows up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Sanctuary 2? Is that what, it's, what the thing's like called? Um, Are you talking they about the never... Nebula that Nebula inherited eventually? Yeah, it's, it looks like a big H. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I think that his was Sanctuary. I think hers was Sanctuary, too, I think. I, I love that thing. And uh, it just brings back, you know, terrific memories of reading those old uh, Jim Starlin, uh, Adam Warlock books. I, I, I dug this book a, a lot. I thought it was such a nice change from mm-hmm. all of the, you know, really edgy Thanos stuff we've had over the years. It just kind of seems to a return to superhero uh, hijinks around Thanos. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. The only thing that I, that I, that I'll say about the Illuminati, other than it was nice to see the blue Marvel uh, right. there. Cause I always get a kick out of him, but uh, Tony's armor is, this is a different armor than I've seen before. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It was, I, yeah. I don't mind it. Um, yeah, no, he's I don't wearing either. Like a white, black, and green armor, which is yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's just very different from what I'm used to seeing him in. And but uh, it's cool. I, I dug this book. I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm look, and you know, you, you always get me with a, a Thanos versus Hulk cover. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> hey, by Lanelle Francis, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I quite enjoyed the book, and you know, I, I've I've I'm. As much of a Thanos fan as I am, sometimes there's oversaturation on the character. Mm -hmm. And at some point, it feels like you've said everything you have to say about the character. Right. Uh, You know, like we've gotten the Thanos origin, the Thanos death, you know, a Thanos the end story. We've gotten Thanos as a farmer, like every iteration of Thanos. But um, that's what I appreciate. This book did something a little bit different. 
and maybe we'll get some big superhero action over the series. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, and if you're looking for a, another good Thanos story that Paul didn't mention is uh, Thanos in the pages of the Eternals, uh, recent by. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Kier- Kieran, Kieran Gillen, Gillen, I believe. Um, and it was fantastic. Uh, I, I loved that storyline. Uh, I never read that series either. It, it was it had, so good. It had that stink of the movie on it. Uh, it and so no, no, Paul, you, you need to read that series. <laughs> I that know. Series I've, got them, I've got every issue downloaded. I just never read them. So yeah. oh, I'll, I'll get around to it at some point. Well, the the book that I think a lot of people were looking forward to uh, that came out last week is Punisher number one. And I did not read it. Um, I, uh, I, I'm on the fence about this new Punisher. I'm a Frank Castle man. Uh, Paul, you got to convince me. Is this a book I need to read? I mean, I don't know that I'm going to convince you. Um, okay. And here's the thing. So this is, you know, a, a new Punisher character. So this is not Frank Castle. He is referenced, but you do not see him. Um, you know, this is very much a new character who used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., um, who his his wife and daughter have been murdered. It's kind of the same thing. Um, but, you know, he, he basically takes on the vigilante role of the Punisher. It, the, the skull on his costume is not intentional. It's shield blast armor. Um, and it just happens to look like a skull, you know, in story. That's it. That's his <laughs> that's his story. And he's sticking to it. Um, it, it. You know, it's it's not a bad book. It reads, honestly, very much like an old school Punisher book in that you know he hunts down some some bad guys he hunts down the people who killed his wife and kid he also comes across mr hyde in his travels so you also get you know him fighting a giant super powered character as part of the book it is a perfectly fine punisher book um i you know it, it's 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 tricky to me because the punisher has become such a problematic character over recent years and marvel's gone really out of their way to address that Right. In in the pages of the Jason Aaron book, how the Punisher, you know, nothing that the Punisher has done in that book is seen as the right thing. Um, you know, they very much spent that series breaking down that character to the nuts and bolts and and delving into his psychological trauma and, you know, just not making a hero of Frank Castle. In this new character, um, you know, what we're seeing is rather than him using normal guns, he's using these like shield giant shield Rob Liefeld <laughs> looking pistols and, and and rifles which for me feels a little silly on the page because he's still just shooting like normal people um well do you remember so, when 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 he used to use mercy rounds to explain away why he didn't just you know murder everybody yeah with his and m16s the, yeah. and it feels like that to me it feels a little frankencastle to me right like let's you know we're doing something a little silly with the punisher just to soften it but he's literally like just shooting normal people <laughs> he's, he's killing <laughs> he is killing them it just happens to be that the guns don't look like real guns. Um, so I think artistically there were some aspects that, that felt a little out of place to me. Um, now th- this character, Jim Corrigan, I believe is his name. Uh, or Joe Garrison, excuse me, Jim Corrigan. That's the, that's the Spectre. That's, what I was gonna say, Spectre. Uh, that's the yeah. Spectre. No, this is Joe Garrison. Totally different name. I don't know how I would get them confused. Um, like I said, you know, he used to be an agent of shield, um, like an assassin for shield. And so, you know, he has his own microchip uh, type character who you know used to be his handler for shield his cue as it were when he worked in shield um so i i it's it's interesting because it's it's fine the book is fine it, it is not um you know like that punisher series from jason aaron was was really a revelation to the for that frank castle character whereas this just kind of feels like any other like if if i had picked up punisher issue 
82 back in 2003, I feel like it would be almost the same thing I just read right now. Right. It's it's very much, you know, it checks all the boxes for what a Punisher book should be. Um, So, you know, from a recommendation standpoint, I can't really say I recommend it. I can't really say I'm even going to pick up the second issue. It's not that it was bad. It's just that it wasn't wasn't good good enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it was. It just wasn't good enough. And in today's well, day and age where there's so much content um, and yeah. we're, we're not even talking about the my favorite books of the week, which were books like Gods and Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transformers was good. Excuse me. Thanos was good, but it wasn't one of my, you know, the books we're talking about are not some of my favorites. So when you have so much good content out there, I don't need to read. No, you're absolutely good right. enough. Right. Well, you know what else wasn't good enough, Paul? Yeah, and so disappointing. Yeah. What if Dark, the Tomb of Dracula, back with the original, you know, with the guy who made Tomb of Dracula a thing, Marv Wolfman, uh, writing this thing. And I thought creator of Blade as well. Yeah. I thought this book was terrible Um, on so many levels. I thought the story was 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 bad. The artwork did not match the tone of the story. Um, I'm particularly have complaints with uh the man bat style vampires mm-hmm. versus you know the tradition the, the way they were in tomb of dracula's they were traditional vampires they were a man they were a wolf they were a bat they were not a man bat <laughs> right yeah but you know uh this is very much man batty with all of the vampires uh, that are in the book and i just really disliked it And, you know, one of the things that I thought, what if the original series did so well is they didn't waste a whole bunch of time retelling you uh, what had gone before, you know, what we know in our real world, Mm -hmm. right? Or in the 616, I should say. Um, They'd spend a page or two giving you the information you needed to know, and then the rest of it was story. But they spend one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight pages giving you the backstory of Blade. And I'm like, you know, you don't need to have done that. Yeah. You know, and you as a result, the, the story, the main story is so abbreviated. Uh-huh. You know, at some point I was like, you know, so so Blade confronts Dracula at some point with, with his crew, you know, Rachel Van Helsing, Frank mm-hmm. Drake, Quincy Harker, and then Dracula escapes. And I guess we are to believe um that time has passed, but they don't really uh-huh. explain it other than the fact that they're wearing that blade in the in a previous scene was wearing like seventies clothes blade. in the right. current scene is wearing his more like movie inspired clothes. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that was in the past and this is in the present. It, the storytelling and don't get me wrong. Friend of the podcast, Marv Wolfman has done great work. Yeah. Um, it's seminal. And particularly work. in this space. Yeah. Yeah. This book, I don't know if, I think it was just the confines of the of this format or maybe the story was too big yeah. for this format because it really didn't make a lot of sense well and the artwork did him no favors yeah. i mean you know it in all honesty there is a very very real marvel cinematic universe film uh element to these pages because they are so brightly lit right yeah uh, the colors are bright and cheery, whereas, you know, this is a vampire book. This is a Dracula book that, that we should be living in the shadows here. It should be dark. There should be chiaroscuro that, you know, the 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 play between uh, bright uh, lightness and dark. We should see all of that. And we should be frightened. Right. You know, yeah. you should be what the hell's going to happen on the next panel. And at no point was anything startling in this book. 
No, there was and, no mood to this book. I mean, I, I would say the startling. The I would say there was one thing that startled me, but not in a good way. Uh huh. Because at some point, Dracula turns Blade into a vampire. Right. Um, and then on on page eighteen, if you're uh-huh. reading this digitally, Blade straight up murders innocent innocent woman for no good reason. For no good reason. Yeah. And then, like, we just perceive as if nothing happened. Yeah. Well, and he's a good guy, right? Later in the yeah. book, and you're like, now wait a minute. You know, you murdered your girlfriend um, and, you know, he's in control. Well, why wouldn't he in control then? Why didn't we see the the, you know, uh, the dance that he had to do, you know, to you know, to get back control if he indeed lost it? Yeah. I mean, there is so much wrong with this book. Yeah. And not the least of which is, you know, when you do the close ups on those man bats, they look so stupid. Yeah. They're crazy stupid. Uh, you know, these aren't even good like Neil Adams man bats. They are they are just uh, hideous, hideous yeah. and terrible. I'm so sorry really hear, disappointing. I'm sorry yeah. to hear it so bad. That was actually one that I, I felt bad that I didn't go get because it was one I was looking forward to. But I guess I don't need to buy it now. Well, read Thanos. Read Thanos. And gods. I'd you say read, you got, we're I'd not going to talk you, about gods, but gods is so yeah, good. Gods is fantastic. Paul, Paul, if you read the Eternals, I'll go read Thanos. Well, I mean, I feel like that's one issue versus like 30. <laughs> I mean, I assume there's going to be more than one issue of Thanos, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a five issue miniseries. I will read the Eternals. I just got to find the time. All right. All right. And it's hey, going to be tough with as many books as are coming out next week. Ooh. Yeah. What's coming out next week, Paul? Well, I shouldn't say as many books. Um, so from DC Comics, we get the third issue of Batman and Robin, um, the new Bush book from Joshua Williamson and Simone DiMeo. We talked about issue one. Um, we did not, I think we were still recording star Wars when issue two came out. Um, so we'll get caught up. We'll talk about that one. Oh, will uh, we? maybe, okay. um, we also get a couple of number ones from DC comics. We get outsiders. Number one. I'm getting Adrian. that one. Are I'm you? Okay. That one. Yeah. Because they're doing some stuff in there, Paul, they're doing some stuff. I'm okay. excited. Well, it features Luke Fox, Kate Kane and, and other characters. So if you'll pick it up, I'll pick it up as well. All right. Um, there's also a Speed Force book that I probably won't read. So uh, if Wayne was on, he probably would be interested, but he's not. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to read Speed Force. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we get uh, the new miniseries, the new Alien miniseries from Declan Shalvey. Um, Aaron, you and I, I think you did you read the last? Yeah. 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 The last. So this is you know the the new series, same creative team. Um we really enjoyed the last one, so I'm, I'm going to check out this new one. Yeah. We also get uh, new issues of Silver Surfer Rebirth. Um, we get the relaunch of Superior Spider-Man from Dan Slott and Mark Bagley. Um, so this is Dr. Octopus back in the head of Peter Parker? I'm guessing. I have, hmm. I'm not caught up on my Spider-Man, but yeah. uh, but I think so. Okay. And from Image Comics, a couple of a couple of decent releases that seem intriguing. James Tinian the Fourth um, has a new horror book called The Deviant, um, apparently about a murderous Santa Claus. Mm. I may check that one out. Um, and also from Image Comics, we get the official launch of the Ghost Machine universe uh, with Jeff machine. Johns and Gary Frank in Geiger Ground Zero. Very exciting. So, well, hey, we want to stuff. know what you thought about this week's books, what you think about next week's books, what you thought about the Marvels. Give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And if we use your comments on a future show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. 
You can also hit us up on social media, I-O-M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or X. Very good. Well, guys, I, this was great. It's always nice to have a little, uh, you know, funny books after dark conversation with you boys uh, and talk about Merkins. It's a lot I, of fun. I just call this Monday Night Delight. Monday Night Delight. You can Google that one, too. <laughs> Wonder what comes up if you Google that one. <laughs> Bye. Do that on the company computer. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.